It's about time you showed up, burritos. You're the only help for our world. Andros has invaded the Lilat system, but we need your help. We'll do our best. We're reviewing this month's game, Star Fox 64, or as we call it in the UK, Lilac Wars. I'm Harrison, and my wonderful co-pilot is Jordan Shenton. Hello. I'm the guy... Wait, fuck. <laughs> uh, it's going to be one of those days. It is. Let's go. <laughs> Get the guy behind me, Haz. Hi, everyone. <laughs> I'm Haz. I'm Jordan. And welcome to Grief Brito. We're the comedy, gaming, movie, and entertainment podcast that dives deep into games, movies, and even the weird world that we live in. And this week, we are covering the game of the month, which is, Jordan? It is Star Fox. It or is. Or Lilac Wars, depending on where you are in the world. If you're in the power or region. star system. Yes. Or, I don't know. <laughs> That's right. It's the N64 game from 1997. This game sold 500,000 copies in its first five days, outselling both Mario 64 and Mario Kart 64, which I didn't know until we did this. Uh, it's a reboot of Star Fox after the Super Star Fox for the SNES and the unreleased Star Fox 2. This game actually features around 30% recycled content from that unreleased game. However, if, like me, you have the SNES classic, you can own that unreleased game. And it's pretty sweet, you know, dude. Is it decent? It is. I was surprised. It's got a lot more, like, RTS kind of feel to it. It's got, like, a real-time top-down star system with missiles flying around and as you move your ships around it flies the missiles towards great fox which they actually use later on in the levels in this one. Oh wow so it's like a space super hot yes super hot yes it is every time i hear that game name i have to say it that way <laughs> yeah I've, I've been playing mind control delete it's pretty good i have no idea what that is what is it oh it's like uh i suppose it'd be a roguelike version of super hot oh okay it's pretty good. You can give it a go. Yeah, I'll check it out. Definitely. So the game that we're talking about today, as we said, is Lilac Wars. And this game was actually inspired by the Fushi, Fushi, Fushishimi Inari Taisha in Kyoto, Japan, which is the fox shrine near where Shigeru Miyamoto lives with thousands and thousands of red Tori gates. Have you seen that at all? I think I might have. Sorry, I read Tori. And I was like, those goddamn Tories. <laughs> Barrel roll. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, sorry. Bleeping strong game right at the start of the show today. <laughs> so he, why why is it in regards to that then? Well, if you look at the... There's actually a picture of it on my Instagram. I, I actually went there two years ago. And it's got all these like red... To the Tory means bird. And it's like these little red gates. And you, yeah. like the, the, the typical Japanese gates that you'll have seen that are painted red. But this the arches yeah the archways yeah the this mountain's got these gates all the way up from the bottom to the top and it's called the, the fox shrine but these arches uh, he always thought it'd be really cool to fly through them in a ship and then he ended up making the original star fox to sort of go that way and then they went on to this game afterwards to sort of reboot it because this is actually a reboot of star fox i didn't realize that it's uh oh right then it sort of does away with star fox one's law and makes its own that seems like a bold move for such a small console jump. It does, yeah, from from one uh, one generation to the next, yeah. But I'm I'm glad they did it. I'm glad they did it. If I'm honest, because it yeah, it works really well. It does. I, yeah. I couldn't. How does it work then? So on the older systems, yeah. Because I've not played. This is the first time I ever played Star Fox. Mm -hmm. So do, how does it work on like an NES or SNES? Uh, it's on the SNES, so it's it actually does have 
like real old style 3D graphics. It's like drawn vector lines, I think. If you remember what uh, John Knowles was telling us about yeah. Star Fox. For any listeners who don't know what we're talking about, we had John Knowles who made a lot of the Star Wars games on. And he was telling us about drawing vector lines in the old Star Wars games to simulate 3D in a little more... Uh, what's the word? prehistoric way <laughs> i got think prehistoric. of what, yeah like an older version of doing 3d graphics when they couldn't display polygons at that time so it's sort of like picture people lines. like cordoned off areas just like i found something like in jurassic park like, <laughs> yeah. i found a vector line it's a vector line it's an old polygon pyramid yeah <laughs> life finds a way it always does always finds a way <laughs> so should we start with the tone and the story for this game because we're going to be breaking this game down into our three classic sections our first gameplay section is Gameplay. How's the tortilla? Uh, the first section of our review is judging the wrapping of the game, if it holds together well, the tone, the world, the visuals, and the sound. So should we do some backstory lore, J-Man? Go for it, mate. I'm happy with whatever. Let's do it. Start Fox. Tell me this lore. <laughs> Tell me. Varty Vidya, that shit. The I guy who does Varty, the Dark Souls so lore. hard. But you have to go like, Star Fox was founded by James McLeod. <laughs> like you have to do it really moody. So it was founded by James McLeod and his best friend, Peppy Hare. And shortly into their new career, they were joined by their new member, Pigma Dengar. Andros, a great scientist after a failed experiment resulting in cities being destroyed on the planet of Corneria, was arrested by General Pepper, tried for treason, and was banished to the faraway desolate planet of Venom. For the casualties that he caused on Corneria, millions of people died. And then five years later, General Pepper received reports of bioweaponry appearing from Venom. The space mercenary team, Star Fox, was then hired by General Pepper to investigate these reports, but James McLeod and Peppy had been betrayed by their own wingman, Peppy Dengar. Give me a big gasp. <gasps> exactly. After he was paid immense riches by his new master, Andros, who delivered them into a deadly trap upon arrival, from which there was seemingly no escape. Peppy, however, was barely able to escape and managed to limp home in his badly damaged R-Wing Starfighter and Peppy returned home to Corneria and informed General Pepper, sorry, and informed General Pepper of Pigma's betrayal and the danger Andros posed to the Lilac system. He also told James's son, Fox McCloud, of his father's fate. So there's quite a bit of backstory because in, in the, the NES game, I don't, th I, well, I, I played it all the way through a couple of months back and I don't remember James McLeod dying at the end. Right. With this, <laughs> yeah. we should probably mention to people that all of these are like anthropomorphic animals. Yes. Yes. In case you don't know what Star Fox is. Yeah. But that's pretty dark for a kid's game, isn't it? It is. And we, yeah, the, the, the whole tone of this game is, is pretty dark. I mean, it takes, takes place during a catastrophic civil, well, not civil war, a galactic military war between Andros's force invading from the planet Venom right the way across and fighting against Fox McCloud's team and the Cornarian Air Force and like the, the allied powers of the Lilat system. It's, I don't know, it, it's dark for a kid's game, definitely. There's a lot of weird stuff in there. It's that, a bit Star Warsy, isn't it? It's definitely inspired by it for sure, yeah. And I think we actually made a comment that when we played on YouTube, when we when I had that, we had the uh, the playthrough, didn't we? That we well, I played through that section, I think. Uh, that yeah. it was inspired by Independence Day, and I think we actually got the dates wrong. So this was inspired by Independence Day, some of the levels, not the other way around. Okay, right then. Yeah, because there's a lot of references to it in there. Uh, and there's actually quite a few ways to play the game. There are 25 possible paths leading to Venom, 
14 of these paths lead to the robot Andros ending, which is the one that we did, and through which is through the Bolse station, which when we played a few weeks ago together, do you remember the one with like the shield in the middle and the tower that came that came out the middle? Yeah. Yeah, so that's the Bolse station, which is the normal ending of the game, and the other 11 lead to the true form of Andros via Area 6, and therefore the true ending of the game. So there's different Sweet. ways to do it. And I will say that the the normal ending of the game where you fight Andros at the end and he turns into the which is they call the robot ending. I will definitely say that that one is scary as it is when he starts launching towards the screen. But the other version, the true ending of the game, is much much darker in my opinion. Okay, tonally we said that it it verges away from a kids game because it has the childlike wonder with all the colorful characters and like you said humanoid animals that those nineties kids seem to love so much. And I've got a note here that it said that there was a line that you went fucking hell when the guy said it. Do you remember what that was? No, I. there are a few of them that I remember. I just remember being like, Jesus Christ, when I heard some of them. Yeah, well, the one I've written down here was the one that stuck out to me that when you said it about was when you're fighting Star Wolf, which is the rival uh, mercenary team and pigma dengar which is the he's actually part of star wolf now and he's the guy who betrayed fox's dad and he said daddy screamed real good before he died and it's like yeah this that is a- shit's a bit harsh isn't it? yes like come on man and they, they have a lot of like j- jips and jives at you all about your dad's death Wait, did you have a favorite character i don't know i'd probably say falco really i'm surprised Pro- by that no i you kind of put me on the spot. I've not thought about it. Falco's a bell end. Fox yeah. is Fox isn't extremely likable. Peppy's basically wait. Peppy's the uh, the rabbit guy, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. He's he's not very like. None of them are really likable people. I like the robot <laughs> that controls great like whatever the main ship is. Yeah, I like him. None of them are really likable characters. You know what I mean? There's no development or anything because of the age of it. Yeah, it's not one of those stories. I don't. There's so many adult tones to it, though, that it really surprises me. Like, it only runs deeper when you realise that all of the members of Star Fox have had their feet and calves removed and had them <laughs> replaced with robotic parts. Yeah, that that's a weird thing from the art, isn't it? I, I don't know if that was ever true. I think they did away with that later on because the new characters look like they just have boots on. I think it was... Yeah, I understand why they'd remove it. Yeah. It's something to do with the altitude, isn't it? Or, like, yeah, pressure. G-forces, yeah. Because you get like blood clots. It's well, it's what it is, is when you hit really high speeds and you're turning or, you know, pulling up, all the blood runs away from your brain and runs down to your legs and it makes you pass out. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's why a but lot if of pilots you don't wear have flight legs. suits. Yeah. But if you, exactly, if you don't have legs, the blood doesn't go down there. I, I think that's what they were thinking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it was another dark way to go about it, in my opinion. But yeah, it, it kind of worked. The uh, What did you think of the visuals? I quite like them, but obviously they're aged now. Oh, yeah, I did look at some aged. of the gameplay from the 3DS version. Mm-hmm. I th- I don't think they quite captured it as well as the N64 one. I quite like the bright colours and like the different varied environments of the N64 one. Yeah, same. But I think it loses something when they try and make it more detailed. Yeah, yeah. Because you lose part sort of that charm. nature, don't you? Like, I yeah. think that... It's definitely, like we said before, with other other games of that era, it's stylized realism. And it's always those ones that like age the best, really. Because with it being, like, look at Wind Waker, it's stylized, so it's still aged quite well. Like, even the original yeah. one still looks pretty good. 
What's Nintendo weird, are great at that. They are, yeah, they are. They they really are. It's it's weird that I think this is made in the same engine as Ocarina of Time and Mario sixty four, but I don't know how the textures are better in this than they are in other games because they look slightly higher. Maybe they're not higher res, but for some reason they come across higher res. I feel like there's less going on, isn't there? Despite yeah. there being lots of stuff moving on screen, there's not an entire world they have to generate. So once stuff's gone past you, that can unload indefinitely. Yeah, you might be right there. Yeah, that could so be So you it. can't turn around, you don't, you know. I, it makes sense to me, to a degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think that the there's a lot of geometry going on with a lot of the, the, the ships as well. So maybe it's because of that, like the way certain objects are designed that it's it makes it more compatible with the lower res textures because... The, there's more complex shapes so and with the ships flying quite fast as well maybe you don't really notice it because the the movement as well i do really like the design of the ships i think the r the r wing fighter is really awesome i think he flies great and i love the color of the blue upgraded lasers like the glowing blue that is really cool i did like that being able to like lose your wing as well when you're flying is pretty insane that and the fact that there are like multiple vehicles and you can have an on foot mode that's like it I kind of blows that. my mind a little bit. You have to... The only way you can get the on on foot mode for any listeners who haven't played this or didn't know about it like I didn't, you have to get the medal for every single level and then you unlock on foot in the multiplayer. Apparently it's not very good, but I'd still want to try and do it. But I've tried to get medals on other levels and it's real difficult. And I've watched some speedrunners you know, playing it to show how to get medals and the accuracy they have to have with those ships is immense. They know where every single ship is coming from and they're firing yes. like charge shots at the ground to blow up multiple things. And sometimes they let enemies fly past them for a while to group them together with other enemies to like blow them all up with one shot. It's so cool. It's so impressive, isn't it? It really is, yeah. I mean, something I, I think I really appreciate as a kid is the way the characters speak as everything's going on. Like, because other games at the time didn't have any dialogue, really. I'm trying to think of any that actually had, other than like Banjo-Kazooie, where they were like, and just like made noises. (laughs) I don't think it was anything on the N64 that had voices, really. Maybe Conker's Bad Fur Day. Maybe. It is really impressive for the time that there were three other friendly characters on screen that could react to things that you did, which is mental to me. Mm, Like... That and they all have individually tracked health bars and can damage things. Yep, and you can and shoot can them. And can get blown yeah. up and have to go away and then might not be in missions. It's just like way more complex than I thought it'd be when I first played it. Yeah, I mean, well, if you lose a character on a level, you actually lose them for two levels because the their ship has to get to the repair bay and then it has to be yeah. repaired and then they'll come back. So you lose them for the next two levels. But that also means that you can't do a lot of the secret routes because like in the first level when you were, when Falco got killed for you, that then meant that you couldn't get the secret end into the first level to go out to the Aquas level, which I think yeah. you, you have like little cues, don't you, where the, the people are talking to you. And there's even one character, which is Wolf O'Donnell, who's the lead of Star Wolf. I didn't know his last name was O'Donnell till yesterday and I just find that eternally <laughs> funny that he's actually Irish. Uh, so he leads uh, the mercenary group called Star Wolf, which is Star Fox's rival. 
and he reacts to your flight. So if you do a somersault or, you know, break or pull up to get away from him, he goes, what the heck? And he's the only guy that does it. <laughs> what the heck? What the heck? <laughs> on Irish mode. Starfax. <laughs> sorry, I don't, Cap understands. Yeah, sorry, sorry about that. that. I was going to ask here about the, the characters, that, and then you were going to say that they, there wasn't much character building, like you said before. I don't know. I feel like there is quite a bit of character building through it. They all, they're all a bit one-dimensional, aren't they? But there's nothing wrong with that because it's not like it's an incredibly in-depth game. It's not like following a a retribution story or anything. Uh, well, it's revenge for your, your father's death. I mean, kind of, but it's not like, you know, Fox has a troubled past and, I don't know, is reliving... PTSD? I don't know. You know what I mean? It's not like it's not like The Last of Us 2, is it? Well, no. Let's but be I honest. Mean, it's not like he's got a drinking addiction. He's got to fucking overcome it and like save a building full of orphans. I don't know. Well, no, not necessarily that. But I mean, you could say that, he, you know, he's fresh out the academy with a hot-headed pilot, which is Fa uh, Falco, who's always giving him shit and his best mate Slippy. And then he's flying with his dad's old wingmate who managed to escape after the guy who's in his rival band led his dad into a trap who got killed. Did you say band? Yeah, a rival band of, like, followers. Oh, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like a rival band. I was like, wait, is there, like, a musical level? I'm Did just you not, not get aware the music of... level? <laughs> <laughs> and then there's, then a massive galactic war starts by that as well. So I, I think there's quite a bit going on behind it, personally. But there's nothing, like... Do you, do you get where I'm coming from? Of like, it's not like The Last of Us, where it's like, oh yeah, he's nothing on that. It starts level. out like this. It's like Joel is a hardened mercenary, and then he learns to love again. You know what I mean? It's not like, yeah, yeah, there's no, I get that. Some massive character journey. Yeah, I mean, they, they you try, get a guy who's like, Hi, your dad died, and you're like, whoa, fuck, <laughs> wasn't expecting that. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they they try with it though, because I mean, you could say that the way Peppy interacts with you like he's quite motivational and he like when you do something good he's always like you Peppy's become a boy more, more like oh no sorry i'm thinking of flippy sorry slippy <laughs> slippy fuck oh <laughs> uh, yeah i mean i i like that they they speak certain lines to let you know if you've accomplished or failed certain tasks to get the secret endings and it, i think that makes the characters feel more connected to the story personally and i think that outside that it feels like they have more outside knowledge to you in sort of the worlds that you're flying through especially when you get to characters like Bill and Cat, which I don't think you will have seen in the routes that I you've did. taken. So the reason I, I didn't manage to get the different endings is because I got to the water level. Yeah. And the game would run at five frames per second and I couldn't fix it. I don't know so I had happened. to watch the rest of it on YouTube. I don't know. I, my 2080 Ti can't handle Star Fox, apparently. Yeah. Which is, I have no idea why, but I watched the rest. So yeah, I've seen like Cat and Bill. Yeah, so did you see the, the boss at the end of the water level as well? The big weird clam thing? Yes, it's I, very strange. It is. I think it's really cool though. I like how it's eye like glows all those neon colours. I think that's pretty fucking sweet. It's pretty fancy, to be fair. The, the game does look good. Like, there's no taking away from... It still looks alright today. Yeah, it's aged well. Yeah, definitely. Like a fine wine. Ooh, damn. Or some no kind of guilt. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the characters, despite being what I think is quite one-dimensional, they, they do have, like, defined roles and, like, personalities, which is quite nice. Yeah, 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 they do, definitely. I, I like that if you team up with either Bill or Cat on their, 
you know, their special levels, they will pop up back in other levels later on, and they do show up in the credit sequence as well. So their starfighters will be flying in formation with Star Fox to show which route that you went down. Uh, oh, nice. I didn't yeah, notice. It's quite a cool little thing. The bosses are all pretty devout as well in, in the way that they follow the character of Andros, which I like that you hear so much about him, and then you don't really see him until right at the end. And he just yeah. like pops up with a dialogue box and he's talking directly to you. Like, I think that's pretty awesome. All the bosses are really, really different at the end of each level. And I think that was impressive for the time, especially like you've got to figure out the ways to actually fight them. And then finally we have the rival group, which is Star Wolf, who are pretty awesome. And their ships look awesome. I love it. I love the fucking, I'm saying awesome a lot. And I can't, I don't even know another word to describe how much I like these ships. They're all like very spiky. Not yes, me. very angular. Yeah, they've got Much like, like everything on the N64. Well, yeah, yeah. However, <laughs> now they've got like four spiky wings, almost like the X-wing kind of style, but then they've got yeah. like four pointed spires sticking out the front of the ship. And then so you always know which way the ship's flying. There's no like because there's one or two ships where you're not really sure if it's facing you or facing away from you, so you can't really tell which way it's flying. But in the dogfights with Star Wolf, I think that works absolutely brilliantly. Uh, the four characters that we've got here are Wolf O'Donnell. We have Leon Powalski, who's a chameleon, and he might be French because he goes, I am the great Leon, but I'm I'm really not sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the way he says Leon should probably be a good indication. Yeah, it really feels strongly like that. Either that or like Italian. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Leonio. Uh, we have and- Andrew Oikonoi. <laughs> Who is an ape man? And he, what line does he say? <laughs> Uncle Andros. Andros. He probably like runs it out, doesn't he, when you kill him? Uh. And then you have Pigma Dengar, who is a pig, and that's pretty much self. He's a greedy pig who wanted all that money from Andros. And then Andros, who's the overarching villain, we'll get to later on when we get into that the, the last levels. I think there's particularly strong world building with the way that the solar system's laid out. And it's really cool that you get to see an explosion on the planet as it zooms in and you get your briefing from General Pepper before each level. Do you have any thoughts on that kind of stuff? I like the way Fox's mouth goes bah, 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 when he talks. <laughs> bah, 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 bah. Yeah, his head proper jibs up and down, doesn't it? Uh, I love it. It's because it only has an open mouth and a closed mouth animation. And I yeah, love it, it so much. Yeah, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I skipped the majority of the introductions to the levels. That's fair enough. Because I was, because I was like... I'm just flying and shooting shit. I don't really need exposition at this point. And there you go, mister. There's no character development. I didn't learn anything about the characters because I didn't stay and listen. Because the other characters don't say anything. They do. He's like, by the way, the planet's getting fucked. And Fox (laughs) is like, that's pretty bad, isn't it? And then he goes in and then he kills shit and that's it. He's like, oh shit, this is bad. And then uh, what's his name? Rob64 goes, good luck. I I like the way he says good luck. That always sounds really condescending to me. Yeah, it sounds it's real like, sarcastic. <laughs> yeah, it's all right, you robot, robo prick. Like, fucking come on. You said he was you your favourite character life. before. Yeah, it doesn't mean I can't dislike him. <laughs> uh, that's, yeah, okay. <laughs> that just makes sense. <laughs> He's just there like, how dare... No, you're right, fair. Uh, <sighs> so shall we talk about some of the levels? What did you okay. think about Corneria, the home planet and the main planet of the system? I thought it was a great introduction because it shows you you can fly. Th- so if you mess up your timings with things, like you don't know you can boost or you don't know you can hold back and things like that to slow yourself down, mm-hmm. it's a good introduction that you can fly through parts of the environment without dying, yep. which is good because there's a checkpoint where 
a building falls and you can still That's fly right. through the building and get the checkpoint, which is great because yeah, that would put a lot of people the falling buildings. Cool. It is, yes. And then being able to fly under all the like the underpasses and stuff where the little ground enemies are. Yeah, yeah. It's just nice and like it shows you that there's more to the game than you initially see. Yeah, totally. It, it kind of flushes it out a little bit. It feels like quite a. It's hard to say that it feels like a proper city with it being on the N64, but it feels like, okay, there's actually stuff here. Like it feels a little more built out because, I mean, you do blow up a lot of it and you say, I put save the city in in quotes because you tr- at least you try, I think. You do start over the sea as well, which is cool. And that's the part that I really like when you you sort of learn to fly the ship. It's the first moment where you have control over the ship and yeah. the water spray when you fly really low. To include that in an N64 game is just like, insanely it cool. is really cool i do like that i liked flying close to the water and like just seeing how close you can get to the ground and stuff like that yeah did you turn, it's I, like i can't remember whether this last time. if you turn your ship on its side with one of the shoulder buttons when you're over the water and dip down you can bounce off yourself off the water like a skimming stone i think you showed me yes yeah i think we did on the on the playthrough uh, but that's a good place to learn where, where you're flying and that sort of stuff. And there's two ways out of the level. One is the easy route of the world where you get to fight the big monkey robot guy. And the other is by saving Falco, which you eventually managed to do, didn't you? Yeah, I managed to do it like first try. So I don't know if there was just something with the instance of my game when I was trying it previously. Yeah, maybe. Because no matter what I did, even if I killed the stuff that was chasing Falco, it'd be like... Falco is dead and it's like what I gotta what? sit this one out yeah he just like flies off but if yeah. you save him the line he says is so fucking condescending he's like gee I've been saved by Fox how swell and like, I'll what? put the they... fucking line in for the episode but yeah I, I... I think there's two different ones isn't there because mine was um mine was like gee I suppose I should be grateful or something like that yeah, it's like, you gee, motherfucker. Grateful, yeah I made a point in my first playthrough of just shooting him any opportunity I got. Yeah, I did. When I, when I was a kid and he used to... I'd, I'd save him because I wanted to do that route. And as he flew back towards me, I'd just start shooting him. <laughs> <laughs> I always did that anyway. Uh, you, the reason you need him alive is because when you fly through the arch in the water, for any listeners, uh, Falco leads you to the secret boss through the waterfall. And he's like, that's a pretty smooth flying fox. And you have to follow him out. And that is where we can lead on to the next level because I've written down just some of the levels that I want to talk about because we can't talk about every single one because there's quite a few. Uh, Zone X is one of the ones on the easy route, which is a military depot in space. Did you do that one? Yes. So you, uh, this is after the asteroid belt for any listeners where there's a, a weapon being created flying there. However, when you arrive, the boss isn't finished and it asks if you're the creator and then gets mad that you never completed it, which is like some seriously dark undertones. And this is one of the levels where you can actually find hyperspace by using the jump rings, which make you spin insanely fast. I can't remember whether you said you got to that part or not. I think I took some of them and then just like flew around because I assumed they were something to do with health. Yeah, it like it's these... There's circles of blue lines that are running in towards the center. If any listeners go and play this afterwards, go check this bit out because it's really cool. As you fly through the first one, you start spinning. And then as you get through each one, you're spinning faster and faster and your your ship moves faster. So it actually gets quite difficult to get to the next ones. And if you get them all, then it does like the jump to hyperspace like on Star Wars. So like all the star streak past you. And you end up in this like really colorful dreamscape. It's really odd and the atmosphere is really... I don't know. It's got like weird plinky music. Like psychedelic. Yeah. I don't know. Not even psychedelic. Not even that. Uh, 
not even that like high contrast and that much going on. It's just like eerie. It feels really creepy when you're there. Like it's, 2001? Yeah, kind of actually. Yeah. It, yeah. It feels more, more towards that than it does psychedelic. Like it's, I don't know there's just something strange about it and the enemies move kind of strange there and you're not really sure whether they can see you or not. So that, yeah, it's a very strange place, but I, I recommend going to there and it also lets you change the route which you're on as well. So you can change whether you want to go to hard mode or medium or easy mode. So it's a good way to switch between them, but that going that route does mean that you'll miss out the water level. So Aquas is the next level I wanted to speak about, which is hard to get to if, but from completing zone Y, isn't it? I, I think I got to the, because to get to that one, you need to get a hundred kills on zone Y, don't you? You do. Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> or a hundred hits as it calls it. Because, yeah. Yeah. Straight up murdering people is apparently a no-no in this game. It is. <laughs> but I I think I got to the boss with 97 and I was like, great, now I can't do it. And then I killed one of the sub-bosses and it was like, you've got 100. I was like, oh, thank Christ. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was my first try. Oh, nice. Yeah, I was like, oh my God, thank, thank God. Yeah, yeah it's not it's not an incredibly difficult game once you get the hang of it, mm -hmm. but it's like... I don't want to say it's like Elite Dangerous where you get used to it the more you play. Yeah. Like, you're basically useless at the start. But it's understanding, like, the sensitivity on the camera... Not camera. The controls for, like, where you're aiming your ship. Yeah, yeah. Because it snaps back to the center quite quickly. It does, yeah. You always end up back in the middle of the screen pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. But if, if, as soon as you get used to it, it's not that bad. No, no, not at all. I, uh, I always found it difficult as a kid getting to... Aquas, because I don't know why it was the monkey robots that are kind of like the little Gundam things that you have to kill. I always found those yeah. quite difficult to chase after. And there's two particular ones that like swap between bottom, the bottom and the top of the screen. And if you got one, it was really hard to get the other. That bit I always struggled with because I always thought it was those you had to kill. I thought you had to kill all of those to get to Aquas and not a hundred enemies. So it's probably not yeah, as hard I as I thought it was. They take a few bomb. They they can either take like one charge shot or like lots of bullets, can't they? Yeah, that's right. And because I didn't know about the the triple shot that Ben Hickling taught us about, I was just like, oh god, fire faster! Like just tapping A as fucking as fast as I could. Did you not find it easier to just keep mashing A instead of like doing the triple shot? Surprisingly, not. No, I just kept mashing A because like when I got to the bosses. I was just like, right, I'll I'll just like change to like hyper tapping mode. I was like, <laughs> like tapping as fast as I could because ah, you shoot basically as fast as you can tap. Yeah, yeah, you will. I changed yeah. to my, my pointing finger. Oh, did you? Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. I was going to say, I was like, back when I was a kid, my thumb was so strong. Gods, I was strong then. But Gods, yeah. I was strong. <laughs> I'm not as good anymore, apparently. The, uh, the, the water level itself is pretty, it's pretty different in that it's, it's very dark. Like you, you actually get a little note from I think I can't remember if it's Peppy or Falco. One of them tells you to fire torpedoes to light up the oh, arena. Oh, Slippy. Is it Slippy who says it? Yeah. So you you have to keep firing to actually be able to see. And then you get like rock slides and stuff. And then eventually you get to this giant clam enemy at the end, which is the bio weapon. Which I will say, like, what was Andros hoping to do with that enemy? Because you can't get yeah. it out of the sea. It's a clam. Yeah. It seems weird. Like I'll just drop it into onto like Cornaria and it'll just live under the water. It's like, it doesn't do much. No, and he drops on the wrong planet. It's not even on Cornaria. I think, right, I'm going to say this. Right, go with us. We're going on a journey now. Come on, Jordan, tell us. I think if Star Fox just left Andros to it, 
nothing bad would have happened. Corneria would have been fine. Because he's not the most capable bad guy, is he? Let's be honest. Not really, no. He's just a big old head. Yeah, he's just a big old head. What's he going to do? You know what I mean? Sneeze on you. Yeah, um, to be fair, very relevant nowadays. Yeah, I know. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, just leave him to it. What's he going to do? There you go. He's armless, really. Oh, he just has hands and arms. Yeah, I didn't. That was completely accidental. (laughs) Well, it was good. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Uh, The next level I want to talk about is the train planet. Do you remember chasing the train in its great journey across the plains? I do. Yes. So your team of flying some kind of land plane. Yes, land plane. I didn't mean land plane. I didn't necessarily mean like a flying plane. And a flying plane train, although I would like that. That'd be pretty sweet. (laughs) So this is one of the levels where you actually get to drive a tank, uh, shooting the immensely long train to pieces and flicking switches that you have to find to get the secret exit to the level. And then the train's like, come a little closer. And he's like the train man. I thought he was pretty cool and I like his hat. What did you make of it? I like the hat also. Probably my favorite part about this game. I meant the level. (laughs) Oh. I mean, yeah, it was it's a all right. Hat. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sweet hat, Jordan, but fuck. Yeah, God. Yeah, no, it's, it's a good level. I actually really enjoy that one. I like that you're actually trying to find the switches throughout the whole of the level to flip the diversion track at the end of the level. So you can either fight the boss one way or you can try and crash the train. And the train is like, step on the gas, which I still say all the time. That is a line I still say all the time just from this game it really stuck with me which way, which way did you go did you i can't remember when we played it which way we went no i think i just did no, the normal way like i shot some of the track stuff but it's I, I wasn't quite like, difficult that one yeah again it's one of those where it's like i didn't really know what to i know you'd mentioned it previously mm-hmm. but for a lot of the secret stuff i didn't know what to do so i just kind of played through it yeah 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 you have to because you're sort of getting pummeled by a lot of stuff at the same time and you can like roll the, the shit, the, the tank over. You can like barrel roll in the tank, which is pretty cool. And you can hover as well to get over things. It is quite hard to find all the switches. So I, I imagine you'll have just fought the flying boss that's like connected to it, which is quite cool. It's flying yeah. above it. It's like a kite. Yeah, yeah, it is like a kite, yeah. And it's dropping all these big pillars at you into the ground. Uh, if you crash the train, it's actually pretty dark. The guy's like, no, stop. And then like, you just fucking crash it and blows up the whole train depot. It's, it's real, real dark. It's pretty brutal, but I like it. <laughs> it was a nice way to end that guy's life. Uh, at the next level. <laughs> that, was, that ship was cool. That ship was like cool. burning. Like, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the next level as a, you know, a big jump away from the burning train man is the snow based level. I can't remember the name and I, for some reason I didn't write it down. Uh, you have to defeat the enemies in the area. And this is a, it's an arena style level where there's a bomb planted in the base and then Star Wolf shows up as well. And you have to fight them with leaving enough time to go into the base for Fox to fly down there and defuse it. It's a pretty awesome dogfight. And that was one that really stuck with me as it's the only one I think I got the medal on when I was a kid. I think I got it. Oh no, I got it on that one and on Katina, I think it's called, which is the one that was like Independence Day with the big mothership that flies in. They were the only two yeah, that... What, what, what was the medal requirement for? You have to... I don't know. I think you have to either kill a certain amount of enemies or do it within a certain amount of time. Okay. Because I, I never knew what the medals meant. I just got them and was like, oh, that's pretty cool. I don't know why I got a medal, but I got a medal. <laughs> It'd be good if it told you why. You know what I mean? Is that a yeah. guessing? Like, is there anything it tells you, like, in the instruction manual? I don't think so. that I remember. I mean, I actually have the box still and everything in my loft, but uh, I never really checked. No. 
Because it seems a bit harsh that they wouldn't just, like, tell you anything about it. You kind of had to, like, just guess. Yeah. Well, that was games back then. You had to learn, didn't you? Yeah. None well, that's the thing. Like, how, do you, how do you learn if they don't tell you how to do it? Yeah. I don't know. There must be What's something. What's the medal requirement? I don't know. <laughs> What's the medal? Just oh. like, I don't know. Just fucking do it. <laughs> exactly. Asking me, nerd. <laughs> nerd, trying to play games and complete them. Yeah. <laughs> You are the game. What? <laughs> uh, did you play the Titania level? The sand level? I don't think I did. No, I have seen it. That one's pretty cool in that it's... After Zone X, when I said about the... Uh, which one was it now? Oh, so the, it's the one where Slippy gets, like, yeeted. Yeah, so he, it's in Zone X, which is the, the military depot in space, that weird creation that thinks you're the creator. It just whaps Slippy away. And Slippy gets like plummets down towards the fucking surface of the planet. And you have to delve out in the Landmaster to find what's presumably the toasty dead frog body. However, you find out that it, he's actually, I don't know if Slippy's a boy or a girl. Slippy's survived. I think anyway. it's a girl. I always thought it was a girl, but I'm sure it says he in Star Fox Adventures. Let me Google. Bear with me. Shoot a goog. I'll carry on with about the boss while you find that. So you okay. find out that Slippy has survived and there is some giant horrendous boss cat skeleton thing with scythe hands that are sticking out of the sand that has Slippy's ship caught in its grasp like some weird plant thing. So you start shooting him to free it and then this giant cat thing jumps out and you have to shoot out its arms, open its rib cage, and shoot the goo that lies there within. Which is, <laughs> it's pretty gross. <laughs> Uh, Slippy's a boy. There you go. Slippy's a boy. Now we know. I do not. I do not believe it from the voice. No, I. How old Slippy? How old is Slippy? Slippy the Frog Age. (laughs) Sorry, I'm going on a rabbit hole. Just carry on the episode. No worries. We're gonna find out how old. I'm just curious myself, if I'm honest. Eighteen. He's got some high voice. He sounds. Did the frogs go through puberty? Uh, This is more of a Discord conversation. Sorry, let's go. Yeah, (laughs) this is very much something we talk about on there. Yeah, join the Discord if you want to know more. Uh, Zone Zonus is the next planet I want to talk about, which is a poisoned Zonus. planet. Yes, Zonus. This is the one where you meet My name Cap. is Zonus. Sorry. Uh. It's all right. Feel free to sing along if you like. <laughs> so it's a poisoned sea planet where the the weird creatures that are there, they a lot of them you can't actually kill, I don't think. They all seem to be encased in metal. And you have to destroy searchlights, shoot rudders to bring up and down walls to find the searchlights. And if you manage to do that, you get out of the secret end of the level. The music is really cool in this level. And this is where you meet Cat, who seems to have the hots for Falco. She is a thirsty pilot. And I don't know why she has a ship. I don't know who she is or where she comes from. Who is she? But the boss is pretty cool. It's a pirate monkey man. And he has a, an eye patch. And he's like, ah, shoot the, what does he say? Shoot the, shoot the cannons or something. Or let down the crane. I have no idea. I can't remember. And this, this is one of the only bosses where it doesn't seem to have like an initial weak point. Like a lot of the boss designs, they have a flashing yellow weak point that like gets hidden and displayed so you can shoot inside parts of the ship. Well, this one's just firing uh, like cannonballs at you and you have to shoot these to find the bomb pieces within and you can blast these and it blows off the top of the ship and the side panels. But when you do that, the ship spins around and starts lowering a crane and repair itself. It picks up the damaged parts of its ship. So you have to shoot the crane off and then destroy that. And then it's firing this big energy chain at you. And it's like, whoa, energy chain. And then you've got to blow (laughs) that shit up. And there you go. It's just those bits of like variation within boss designs that I really like. Yeah, it's impressive. Different mechanics you have to worry about. Yeah, for sure. Like you said about the... uh, 
which which one was it now? Zone Y, when you're fighting the Gundam-style things. You fight, like, two small bosses, don't you? And then a big ship comes in, and you have to fight a, a larger one then that's got a craft that it hides behind and goes underneath. And, it's, yeah, it's yes. really cool. Like, it's impressive the amount that the the amount of designs that they have in one single game. It really is, and the replayability on it as well. Like, once you've played through Ocarina of Time, you're not really going to go back, are you? No, Whereas, not really. you can well, play through this as many times do, as you want. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of different ways to do it. I think there's 24 different routes you can take through this game in total. Jesus. Yeah, which is pretty immense. Like, that's impressive. Like I said, for this old-style game, to move your way through the Lilac system in all these different ways is really, really nice. And I love that when you like you finish the levels, you fly out in formation, and it shows which which characters survived, which ones died, who, which help you got. And in in this level, there's actually an instance where Cat is now she just pieces out, and Falco's sad about it. So I don't know if they had some kind of past, but she's definitely got the hearts for that blue bird. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> did you she's got blue bird balls? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, did you see anything of Zone Zone Z or Zone Z? I might have... Honestly, the names are getting away from me. This is the one where missiles are launched against uh, Great Fox, which is your, like, mothership. It's your carrier ship. So this is the one that is, I think, mostly inspired by Star Fox 2 because there is the missiles flying around in the overall map that are trying to get your ship on this one. And that's the same in this, but it's in the single level. So you've got to destroy the missiles that come in to damage the ship. And if you get hit once, that's it. You've failed. Oh, shit, really? Yeah, and then you won't be able to get the true ending for the game where you go through the next... I can't remember what the next level's called, but it's some big thing with this big thing that fires a massive beam at you at the end that's an enemy that like disappears. And when you actually get to Venom on the true route, which is the the scary version, in my opinion, you've already fought Star Wolf at that point once. However, they come back and Andros has given them upgraded ships and they comment on that, that he's upgraded the ships. Let's see how you handle our new ships. And they are really hard to fight. I think they've got shields that you've got to get rid of first. And I think on our playthrough on YouTube, they actually killed me on that part. It was very difficult. I remember that. It's harder on the, uh, on the PC because of how much faster they are. Like in 12 frames per second on the N64, it didn't seem that hard. Oh, I see. Yes. So... Right, I wonder what you meant. I was like, what? Is the game more difficult on PC? It's just, it seems to be playing at a faster speed and you've got to be much more on the ball about everything. Uh, the the right, levels of Venom that we played, so the first version of Venom, you fly through the normal level, which is where you chase the big monkey stone man. Do you remember that when we made him have a diaper? I do, yes. Yes, that was Good what, stuff. Good times. Good times. Good times. That's one of my favourite bits on that level, just shooting all the rest <laughs> of them away and leaving him with big pants. And then when you destroy that, you're sort of like, oh, right, is that... Was that Andros? Like, you don't really know what that boss is about. And then you fly down no, all these you go through a pyramid for some reason. You do, yeah, that's right. You go through all like, these ruins and then you find these strange tunnels and that's when Andros himself starts talking to you. And I found that bit quite scary as a kid, if I'm honest. Ah, the son of James McLeod. It is quite a foreboding moment, isn't it? Like, you're going through narrow claustrophobic tunnels and then you don't know where you're going. And I'm looking forward to this. 
you got this big voice and the big bad guy you've not seen up until now. You will die just like your father. Yeah, he, he has got a very ominous voice. I'll put in some voice clips for it if I can find them. And I, I think I commented on it last time about this, which was uh, the door sounds always scared me because it's like, Wah. when the doors open, yeah. as you go through them. It's like, Wah. it looks just like real creepy. I was like, oh God, I hate this. <laughs> the first part of the battle with andros is the same in both both versions so the the normal mode and the true ending they, they both have the same boss fight at the start where andros is his big old dank head with the the nintendo classic big hands that you've got to destroy which i think was where this trope came from i think it was from the andros boss fights where they started using it for loads of different things because it is in mario 64 as well and in uh, ocarina of time as well with bongo bongo but in the normal mode, when you destroy the normal version of Andros's head, he turns into like a robot thing that starts like chewing really fast towards the screen. And it was like, it's scary because he's like, guy, 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 like coming at you. But in the, the true ending, he turns into like a brain in some weird floating atmosphere with eyeballs on laser stalks. Did you see this? That is such a weird thing to say. It, that is such a weird yeah. sentence. I know. I never thought I'd say it. I never thought I'd play it as a kid. Like, it's real weird. It's proper creepy. And I remember that coming, it like actively chases after you. So no longer is it like uh, the rail shooter like it was before. It's the all range mode. And this thing flies behind you and it'll catch you in the, the, like, the nerves that are hanging down from it like a jellyfish. And it'll like start to crush your ship. It's like, oh, it's real grim. And then eventually, if you manage to kill that version... If I go down, I'm taking you with me! <laughs> when you fly out, James McLeod appears. Follow me, Fox. Which is Fox's dad, who is supposed to have been dead. And he leads you out through the tunnels, and you've got to follow him as all the fire's coming out and roiling and boiling behind you. This way, Fox. And then eventually you shoot out of the part where you've just beat Star Wolf before and fire out into the air... But it's only your ship, and James McLeod's ship is now missing. Don't ever give up, my son. And it's like this real weird moment of like, what did, what, how did Fox see that? Was it in his head? Was James actually alive and he helped him and then died then to save him? Like, there's loads of these weird connotations to the end of the game. And I feel like I'm reading into it a lot after playing Night in the Woods. Maybe. But it, it Maybe. came across that way, even as a kid, to be honest. Like, I always wondered how yeah. he was there. I wonder if it's like his dad's spirit who's like, you know, because Peppy's always saying you're getting, becoming a better pilot and you're more like your dad. Yeah, yeah, could be. So it could just be like, oh, it's a symbolic reference. It could be. I suppose. I don't know. I don't know how. I'd imagine Fox was quite close to his dad. Yeah, I think, well, I think he was quite young when he died. Because it's been five years, I think, since... And Fox is just like 18, isn't he? It would I'd have been imagine. like 13, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It seems like a weird game to tackle grief, though. So It does, yeah. But, you know, I, I, I like that it's in there. It, it fleshes out the story a little bit. So let's yeah. talk about the sound now that we've spoke about the actual game. Uh, the sound design is brilliant. The music is epic, once again, by the legend that is Koji Kondo, famous for Mario and Zelda, to name a few if you don't know who he is, and his colleague uh, Hajime Wakai, who is known for F-Zero, Pikmin 1 and 2, Pokemon Stadium 1 and 2, Zelda Wind Waker, Link to the Past, and Four Swords, and the new Super Mario Brothers. He has also done a hell of a lot of awesome games. The music most, is mostly new and it brings in leitmotifs and melodies from Super Star Fox for the SNES. Uh, the game 
actually does feature some pretty cinematic sounds along with i I added this i was going to speak about it before jordan but there's over 700 voice lines for its cast really 700 lines and in the pal version which we have in the uk and in australia i think as well we actually have the option to change it into the lilac language which is in the snes version of the game because they don't speak english in that game Uh, and a third of this entire game's memory is sound alone that's actually really wow i didn't even think about that yeah there's so many lines because there's so many worlds to go through and so many different dialogue choices that branch off from if you did this task then you get this task and i can't imagine having to code it all back then because like nowadays we have stuff like uh twine or yarn weaver which are like the the game storytelling coding aspects that you can use which is more like a workflow engine to work through dialogue branching systems whereas back then you ca- i think you kind of just had to code it like you'd have to write in 700 lines let alone having to write in all the code to make those lines function. Jesus. I know. That's rough. Real rough, yeah. I, I can't imagine having to do that. But I'm I'm glad they did because it definitely fleshed out the game. And like I think this game might not have been as iconic as it was without that level of detail going into it. Because this is the game that has given so many like meme game quotes, like do a barrel roll, you know, it's I don't know. There's loads from It's not this. a barrel roll, though. I know it's not a barrel roll. It's a, what is it? A conical It's a roll? corkscrew. Corkscrew, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. A barrel roll is more like flying like a helix shape, isn't it? So like as if you were it on is, a, yeah. the inside of a surface as opposed to just spinning on your own axis. So that's everything, really. So I was going to we... make a joke about Peppy. Like maybe that's how, what is it? James died. Peppy was like, do a barrel roll. And he did an actual barrel roll and died. He's like, Ugh. Peppy's like, Ugh. <laughs> oh God, don't do that again. <laughs> Wait, is this whole uh, game he's actually trying to kill Fox as well? Do you think Peppy got maybe. paid off by Andros? That could be it. Oh my God. Peppy's not actually just incompetent. Oh he's doing it on purpose. Oh, Next shit. time on Game Theory. Yeah, I know. We'll uh, <laughs> but it's just a game theory. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to go into that another time. Uh, let's talk about some mechanics. So this is the second section of our review. What's the filling? what you actually do in the game and does it do it well so there's there's a few mechanics in the game really outside of flying and shooting that's pretty much all you do Uh, the flying is really well controlled the r-wing moves fast side side up and down however this game is on rails as we mentioned before meaning that you have a constant forward momentum through each level so like the mario games where you're constantly scrolling this one you're constantly flying through space except for the few instances when you're in the free flight or all range mode where the level is an arena for you to fly around what did you think jordan tell me the beauty of this age of gaming is that the games don't get given like 15 things they have to be capable at. They That's just right. get given the one thing and do that. Yeah. Which is perfect because on average, this game plays really nicely. It does. Like everything's smooth and as you'd expect for the time period, there's a tiny bit of jank in places, but it's yeah. really impressive that the ability to be able to like turn faster by tilting your ship to side or doing a loop behind you to get behind the target or doing barrel rolls which aren't barrel rolls to like deflect shots that's really nice and the sound is great for that when the bullets hit your ship yes. it's like ding 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 like oh yeah it's all these small things brought together to just have one purpose opposed to newer games that are just like right we have to have a lockpick mechanic which doesn't add anything <laughs> yeah. we have to have you a have sneak mechanic craft. which doesn't exactly Whereas this is just like, right, all these things just make it a game about flying and shooting. Fly and which shoot, is perfect. man. <laughs> Fly and shoot, man. 
Yeah, I think I think you're you're completely right. The flight maneuvers are brilliant. Like the somersaults feel absolutely great. I like the flips and rolls, uh, and you can actually you can actually do that in the tank and the sub as well, which is great. The locking on is super nice, and the triple shot, which like we said we learned about from Ben Hickling, was a wonder to behold. It's a clever game. This you know that it's this old to work in like air brakes and boosts and rolls and have enemies react to it, like we said with Wolf previously. The main mechanics we've spoken about. You know, it's that's really it. But I mean, the mechanics of saving your team and the level-specific mechanics to unlock the new routes and levels, which are some great gameplay. You know, I I just think they're they're some of the the bits where the game shines. To be honest, to be to be able to have twenty-five routes I've written here, but I thought it was twenty-four. I'm not sure. Whichever it is, to have this many routes in a game to complete on the N64 is definitely astounding. Everything the game tries to do, it it nails it pretty well. Like you said, there are some areas where there's jank, but it's minimal jank for this this age of game. And I think that... Very it, minimal jank. Definitely. Very minimal. And I think it comes from having such a small scope. Like, it takes the very simple gameplay mechanics and then uses it to improve on the world designs. So there's not loads of things that you can do, but all the different places in the worlds that you can do them make it feel amazing. There's not a lot you can do, but what you can do is basically perfect. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I, I, I think, I, I don't really know what else I can say about the mechanics other than that they're all pretty shit hot. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from they're all pretty good. Pretty damn good. I like it. So should we move on to, is it worth it? How hot is that sauce? Our final review section, Jordan. Yes, let's go for it. Our final review section is, how hot is that sauce? Hot, hot. How hot is that sauce? Is it going to leave a tingle on the tongue, a bead of sweat on the cheeks, or a fire in your belly? Let us tell you, is this game worth your money? Okay, so we have from the list, we have either mild, we have tepido, we have hot, one spicy boy, or oh god, send the lord. <laughs> so give, give me your thoughts on it then. What, what are you thinking? Is it worth it? I'll go with hot. Yeah? Because, like I said, it's the, it's the first time we've ever played this, so I have no nostalgia towards it. Yeah. That's right. And I'd already played the X Machina demo. Not X Machina. X Zodiac. Zodiac. Yeah. Sorry. I'd already played that demo. So I'd already played something else, which arguably does this better. Mm -hmm. But for the age of it, it is genuinely impressive. I've said impressive a lot. Yeah. I am impressed by everything the game did for its age. Like nothing about it's bad. Like obviously things like the characters are pretty 2D to me personally, mm -hmm. but it doesn't need that amazing character development because it's not a story-driven game. It's just like, hey, you're in a spaceship and you're going to blow things up and you can replay through it like a thousand times if you want. It's just a really good arcade kind of title. Yeah, it's definitely arcade-y. With, with, it, it tries with story. I, 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 like I said, I disagree. I think it has got story. And I think that's maybe because I played this one and then like played Star Fox Adventures for the GameCube. So it's like... I feel a bit more tying in to that. Yeah, um, I, I could be. I'm not saying there's no story, just that it's like, it's very light on story. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's more focused on what you're actually doing in each level, for sure. Exactly. Uh, I think it's got great characters. I think it's got great mechanics. I think it holds up. I, I was surprised at how well this game held up. Even as someone Same who played here. this as a kid, I thought, right, going back to this, it's going to be full of jank. But it's really not. And it's it's the pinnacle of... Star Fox because it honed its surprisingly mechanics. light on jank exactly uh, <laughs> oh light on jank and but it doesn't overcomplicate anything really it just does everything really really well and 
like I want to give it oh god send the lord but I think I think it's a one spicy boy for me what's holding you back from giving it an oh god send the lord I'm trying to think fuck it it's oh god send the lord it's an oh god send the lord for me right okay it's a five it's a five out of five for me because I, I just really enjoyed it going back why didn't again you give nice. it a five out of five wait i will give it a five out of five wait fuck you five out of five <laughs> yeah no i i yeah I, I can't think of why i wouldn't give it five out of five i really enjoyed it as a kid and i really enjoyed it now i i think the characters are all great i think the the game itself is amazing I like the setting. I love the ship. I even love the art style, even though it's old. Like, it's just cool. I like it. Back off, yo. I did, whoa, I, I helped. Whoa, Don't fuck. at me. I'm chilling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I oh, think it's great. I thought that's fair. Yeah, so uh, that is a combined score of eight. Eight out of ten. Yes, solid eight the out of ten. The quick maths of Harrison there. Yeah, quick maths. So we have decided that our next game of the month is going to be Adventure Pals. So thank you to Bitchweed on our Discord for suggesting this month's game. And if you want to join in that, you, Zoe. join the Discord. Yes, thank you very much, Zoe. I wasn't going to dox her with a real name, but fine. Zoe, Zoe, she lives at 10, 10 <laughs> Lane, <laughs> Cheshire, <laughs> 6 Did you just give your own address? No, that was someone else's. <laughs> <laughs> So he didn't give Zoe's or yours, just a random random. Go there. I'm going to bleep it out just for comedy bants anyway. <laughs> uh, and I think that is, that's it. That's all, all for now. You good people of the podverse. That's it for today. We will be choosing our next game, like we said. So if you want to get in touch with us for that and drop a suggestion into our Discord or Twitter and all that shit, where can they find us, Jordan? They can find us everywhere at Grief Burrito. Please leave a review or a nice word or tell your friends because that's very nice that's, and that's a like very nice that. thing to do tell everyone actually don't tell everyone tell two people just tell two people this week about grief burrito and it'll make everything even more better that one person who was like i was gonna tell 20 but they've told me to tell two fine i'm only gonna tell these guys <laughs> you know what <laughs> fuck you man tell all the people you like <laughs> no that'd be amazing yes make sure to join us on our discord below this episode to get involved with all our episodes and our amazing community which is growing by the day like i am surprised every time i go on there and i see new people's names popping up in the discord i'm like oh my god people are actually joining it's so cool yeah i'm the community manager yep. somehow somehow he has taken that role putting out uh, fires left and right i just pop in like oh oh god oh see ya <laughs> you you are like you are like a fucking husband from like the 40s in america yeah you drop like hey dear how's it going and it's like that everything is awful help help with the children you're like oh sorry gotta go back like, to the office oh, Bye. sounds great see you later <laughs> exactly me and jimmy are going for a game of cards <laughs> <laughs> where's my dinner wench like, oh god <laughs> hey i'm not that bad all right i at least try and get no. involved when i can i'm only kidding i also thought that we we need to figure out like a name for our burrito people like burritans we've got griefitis we've got spice kids we need a name i don't know what to call them i think we let them name themselves yeah i yeah. i disagree well, i i made a channel the other day to show off things that you've made and now people are drawing <laughs> dicks in it to be fair it didn't say it couldn't be dicks so i just changed the name to draw a peen it was supposed to be like oh if you're a podcaster too link your podcast if you're a streamer put your stream here that kind of stuff we already have one of those channels oh well <laughs> you made you made the original one i don't remember this you made the original one called where is it sub raiders sub raiders that's just a twitch specific you just said it for the uh. you cut out then from a scream i don't know what you said or, or why 
<laughs> I just put my head in my hands. Oh, Don't okay. worry about it. <laughs> Never mind. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you for listening, Let's listening guys. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Bye. Bye. Barrel roll.